One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Market Maker Podcast, hosted by me, Anthony Chung, where every Friday I talk to a member of the team about what happened in markets this week. From macro themes and single stock news to cryptocurrencies and careers in finance, our aim is simple, to make finance interesting and easy to understand for everyone. So let's get to it. Okay, hello and welcome to episode 41 of the Market Maker and this week, we're going to talk about Facebook rebranding announced last night to Meta. What does that mean? Is it going to work? Are people going to believe that that's enough to change? And we've talked about Facebook before, but we'll delve into, we'll delve into the Metaverse. Um, and then we're going to talk about Tesla and Elon Musk. Elon Musk is now worth more than ExxonMobil, <laughs> if you can believe and so we'll have a look at why Tesla shares are up 20% in one week. And we'll have a look at how sustainable uh, that could be. And then we'll look at some of the earnings. We've had obviously one of the busiest earnings weeks um, in the season. I think it was about 164 S&P companies reporting of the 500. And Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Alphabet, and Facebook are all now out. And so we'll have a look at who are the winners and who are the losers. But Got to welcome back the main man, Piers Curran. Where have you been, Piers? You've, you've been able yeah. for a fortnight now, I think. You know, busy man. <laughs> busy man, Anthony Chung. You know, it's not just it's not just the podcast that you know is on the agenda. You know, I've had i you know, well, to be honest, it's been half term. Kids. <laughs> actually, I've done, actually I'm quite quite good. I, I've been having not been to the cinema. Since probably 19, that's uh, sorry, 90. Oh. <laughs> I can't admit it. Having not been to the cinema since 2019, uh, I've been twice in the last week. It's okay. good. So, what, James, James Bond and, and Dune? Absolutely. You, okay. you nailed it. Favorite out of the two? 
And don't well, say, oh, there are different reasons for different things. You've got to choose one. Your recommendation. They're, they're very different. Personally, June. Okay. Although with a slight caveat, it's just only part one of that. So we've got to wait for part two. So it's a bit annoying when it stops. And actually, that's not a finale. That's just like halfway through. It's like, oh, now I've got yeah, to wait. Do you know what? 12 hate- months, 24 months, whatever it is. I hate that now with Western cinema. It's like, how can we just m- squeeze this story into yeah. a multi-episode, multi-billion-dollar franchise? Well, that was um, it. Was you remember Lord of the Rings when uh, Peter Jackson did his stuff? And there's three books, right? Lord of the Rings. So naturally, that's three movies, right? So he did the first one, first book, movie one. Second book, movie two, they were so outrageously successful, the movies. He thought, hang on a minute, there's only one more book, but let's split it into two and have two more movies. Um, and, then, and, and then he followed that up with um, The Hobbit. I don't know if you've ever read The Hobbit. The Hobbit is one book that's about half of the size of one of the three Lord of the Rings <laughs> books. And yet they took that one small book and made that into three movies. Um, so yeah, I blame Peter Jackson. Right. And, and, and here we are now with the, the Squid Game success. Yeah. And so, you know, the, I, I know, you know, my, my, my father being Cantonese, coming from Hong Kong, the Chinese cinema is massive. And so... Asian cinema, you know, of getting India, Bollywood, things like that. Yeah, I'm yep. sure now that given the success of Squid Game, the, the, the Korean uh, and that Far East um, studios, they're going to get squeezed as well now, I'm sure. Yeah. But- well, I mean, I mean, you've got to credit Netflix for getting out there globally and, and actually, find, you know, I guess we're so kind of insular here in the West in terms of our um, sort of you know, movies and, and, and music, you know, we just listen to our own stuff, right? And there's so, such great content out there and we, we're just blind to it all. So I think this is, this is a so good Squid Games. And I think, yeah, it's just the beginning of, of us in the West just being a little bit more opening our eyes a bit to actually the fact that there are other people on the planet and uh, actually they can produce movies and uh, and shows, you know, equally as well as, as, as we can, if not better. Right. And that, so let, let's just take that then into the first conversation, because perhaps one day you and I could go to the cinema together in the metaverse and we can just, you know, sit in our front rooms, hook up, have a drink beforehand and uh, in the virtual world, catch a, catch a cinema. Uh, Absolutely. Showing. But yeah, so Facebook, I'm sure most people are aware of this. It's been the hot story to end the week. Uh, Facebook has renamed to Meta and their trading ticker symbol that will come into um, play in a few weeks time is MVRS. And in Meta's vision, this is in kind of in their words, people will congregate and communicate by entering virtual environments, a virtual universe where people will roam freely as avatars attending virtual business meetings, shopping in virtual stores, and socializing at virtual get-togethers. Um, sounded a bit like the trailer for the new Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is the, the script for Matrix, is it not? <laughs> what, what I've just described there. 
Um, and we know what real life looked like in the Matrix. Uh, not a not a pretty place. So I hope we certainly don't hear that way. My avatar's like this, uh, you know, masculine superhero. But um, yeah, initial thoughts on this. What what do you reckon? What's your your first take? Well, I mean, maybe we could talk a bit about generally the metaverse in a minute, but just specifically on Facebook. It's like, you know, we've been talking about Facebook a lot. And I think I even went as far as saying we've hit peak Facebook. I think I said those words, what, three or four weeks ago or whatever. Um, and so I think all of this is exactly um, just, you know, the least surprising news. Um, and I think it's actually definitely the right way to go. Um, I think the big question is, why are they doing it? And you could just split it right down the middle with two possible reasons. I mean, in, in honesty, it's a hybrid of both. But, you know, is it giving them the benefit of the doubt? Is it that it's just they've outgrown, you know, as a business, they've outgrown that tag of just being a social network. I mean, it's amazing, right? Facebook turns 18 next year, um, 18 years old, that is. Um, and so it's like, you know, this is becoming an adult, right? But actually as a business, they've obviously, they've got so many tangents um, and, we'll, and we'll talk about some of those tangents in a minute. But the point is they're not just a social network. And I think everyone just associates Facebook with the original social network right and i think mm -hmm. this is this is saying hey you know let, let's kind of just break out of that mold and let's set up this parent company and call it something else that can you know talk to you know the broader base set of products that we have and that we're going to have in the future and so i mean there is precedent here of course uh 2015 google did the same and they set up a parent company and they called it alphabet um, and that is the holding company um, under which Google, the search engine sits, but then also, you know, all of their other kind of funky, cool stuff that they're, they're working on. So Google did it in 2015. Facebook are doing it now. You could say they're, they're the positive reasons, right? I think the opposite argument is, well, that's all very well and good, but ultimately Facebook's brand is dead. Uh, it's tarnished beyond repair. It's it's entirely lost the younger generation and this is an emergency you know desperate attempt to try and patch itself from that saga and story clean slate let's try and just kind of start again sort of thing and let me just list out what this this saga has become um, so just very briefly to surmise problems filtering out fake news misleading content inability to control hate speech putting profits over well-being, specifically young teens that's come to light of late, data privacy issues, data harvesting, how this got used in various political events in recent years, not full comprehension of how their own algorithms work came out in the Facebook papers, illegal monopolization, antitrust concerns. Should I continue or, or do you feel satisfied with that list so far? Well, actually, and the Democrats just this last week, um, Democratic senators signed a, less, signed a letter arguing that um, Novi and DM, so I don't know if you know what they are, but Novi, that's Facebook's digital wallet, and DM is possibly the name of their digital currency that they're kind of thinking about launching. But the Democrats have signed a letter, and I'm, I'm, I'm quoting here, and the, and the Democrats are saying these should be scrapped. 
and I'm quoting, and that's because Facebook cannot be trusted to manage a payment system or digital currency when its existing ability to manage risks and keep consumers safe has proven wholly insufficient. That's what the US government think. And the, 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 a good one I heard from a, a democratic lawyer, um, he, he said, don't forget that Philip Morris also changed its name to Altria. Uh, it was still selling cigarettes and it still caused cancer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. This is it. I mean, I think ultimately Facebook's as the social network it's not, you know, it's not like just pulling the plug. That's it. Sorry, Facebook's just switch it off. Delete, delete the app. Obviously, that's not what's happening here. The, the Facebook will continue in its current form and will continue to have the problems that it currently has. And, and maybe, I don't know, they'll tackle it or maybe they won't. But, you know, this isn't about switching off the social network. It's about just trying to rise above that and just say we're not just about Facebook. And we're not just about Instagram, you know, and we're not just about WhatsApp, you know. Yes, they're massive products, but actually we've got this other whole direction, which actually in some ways could become the biggest part and is the most exciting part looking forwards for our business. Yeah, and, and in their earnings that they released prior to this rebranding announcement that came out last night, they did say that they're going to start breaking out their financial results for Facebook Reality Labs. And that inc includes the Oculus hardware division as of next quarter. Um, the move then obviously looking to separate its main digital advertising businesses from its major investments in creating virtual worlds. So I guess from a stock price perspective, what people are going to be looking at now in those numbers is not that VR and AR and these things are going to be generating significant income at this point but it's the investment and how quickly is that scaling up and people will be pricing that in, I guess, already looking at how quickly the trajectory of that starts to lift as to yeah. where the future looks, what it looks like for Facebook, I guess. And two important words you said there, pricing in. And, you know, that's how stock values, that's how it works, right? A share price today is not, for most companies, certainly these growth tech names it's and we'll talk about tesla later but the price today is not based on what the company is doing today and their output and their revenue and their profit today it's about what we think and anticipate their revenues and profits will be in the future you know if you take facebook just on the top level they are a one trillion dollar business almost um, they're the sixth most valuable publicly listed company on the planet their revenue in the last 12 months is up 56%. Their revenue, this is a giant $1 trillion company, and their revenue has gone up 56%, right? And they've got 3 billion people, apparently, using their products every month. And it, like, if you just list out those stats, you go, wow, I mean, it's just extraordinary. What a company, right? But then you, you know, sling all the dirt, which you just did, and it's all valid. And they're in a crisis. And, and you know, I think that, the, to, to kind of get back on track in terms of being one of those true tech names where it's about growth and it's about the future and it's exciting and it's cutting edge innovation and let's focus on all of that. Then the kind of investment community can get excited about it. Uh, and, and that's when the, the pricing in of the future sees that share price, you know, on the rise. But certainly over the last, you know, 
well, I'll take 2021. Yeah, the, you know, Facebook's share price has underperformed despite the fact revenues are up 56% year on year. You know, the share price has underperformed. And, and that's because we've been focusing entirely on all the negatives. And this is Zuckerberg's attempt to just say, right, that's the end of that chapter. You know, let's kind of move on. So, so Meta obviously is shorthand for Metaverse. And I know a lot of people are well-informed on that as, a, as an area. Some have no clue at all. So perhaps we can just kind of jump into a little bit of a conversation about the Metaverse in itself and his ambitions in that area. And what could that then unlock and its association then to some of these other kind of trending themes at the moment, like NFTs and blockchain, and how does that all, that ecosystem all connect in that way? Yeah, this whole metaverse thing, I mean, it is, it's not, it's not a new concept, although this Facebook name change has certainly brought that word and that concept right to the top of the kind of news cycle, probably all over the world. Um, it's not a new thing. I mean, I, I, the best way I would describe it to someone who's never heard of it is, um, have you watched the film Ready Player One, which was Spielberg's film that's, I don't know, probably what, five years ago? Or if you're Piers' age, The Lawnmower Man. <laughs> do, do you remember that? Oh, yes. Was that, was that Piers Brosnan, was it? No, that, that was, was Arnie, the... wasn't it? No. I'm Googling that. that. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> wasn't it arnie no that that was um 1992 uh we're, we're live fact checking on air here <laughs> so Pierce what have we got Brosnan, Pierce? apparently it was pierce Brosnan. yeah, yeah. you're thinking of a different one you're thinking, I'm thinking of, of the running I'm thinking, man i'm thinking of the running man you're right sorry the lawnmower man i'm not sure i saw the lawnmower man then I, i'm pretty sure that was vr so that was 92 right 1992 Right, well, ahead of the curve. I mean, yeah. here we are. Um, <laughs> 30 well, years also, later. Well, let's roll it out. So Piers Brosnan in 1992. Another one, another one was, you'll, you'll remember this one, Ant. Surrogate. Bruce Willis. Uh, I mean, yeah. most listeners won't even know who Bruce Willis is, probably. But He's about actually... the same age as Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> that was 2009. Uh, Ready Player One, I don't know, it was only a few years ago, wasn't it? That's like 2016 um, or something like that, yeah. Yeah, but, but you, know, it, you know, it's the virtual world, right? Mm. Um, and I think, you know, ultimately up until this point, it, it's about AR, VR, um, you know, augmented and then virtual reality. And obviously we've been moving in this direction, albeit at a slow rate from what a consumer sees. And that maybe here's the point, right? To kind of access the early versions of this stuff is the, the price bar is really high and that's because it's brand new or relatively in its infancy this technology you know even stuff like oculus let's take an oculus vr headset okay which is owned by facebook you know it's really expensive stuff um because it's very new and so the bar to entry is high and also it's obviously brand new and they're still working on you know um, and I'd say that's from the consumer's point of view. If you go into these massive tech firms, then they're throwing billions at this, right, in terms of developing it. Zuckerberg was saying earlier in the week that they've probably got about 10,000 people now, employees working on that side of their business. And, they're, and as I said, spending billions on it. Um, so, look, it's, the, it's, 
what, what I'm quite interested in, and this ties in with this whole <coughs> one thing, and we'll talk, we're going to talk about tech earnings a bit later in the, towards the end of the podcast, but Apple made a major move this year on privacy and they ramped up the privacy settings. And this has had a negative impact on revenues for you know, the likes of Facebook um, because they rely heavily on advertising revenue from people using an iPhone to access their app, right? So ultimately, Apple are, are the king at the moment because they control the device that most people use to access these types of apps. But the metaverse thing, it may, and actually Zuckerberg maybe made a really interesting point. And he said, look, we're, we're 18 years old next year. So basically we were born at the same time as the iPhone, give or take. And his point was we were too young, therefore, to be a part of the smartphone era. So we don't have a smartphone. We were too young. This is him saying, you know, basically the, end, the, the smartphone domination is basically coming to an end and the metaverse will now take over and become the new kind of environment in which human beings spend a huge portion of their time. And he's saying, we're not young now. And actually we're a juggernaut and right, we're going to be right at the forefront of the development phase of this thing called the metaverse. And we're right in the race and, you know, we're going to hopefully use our platform of 3 billion users, by the way. And can we leverage that platform by delivering the metaverse that becomes the go-to next thing? That's his plan. And, and so, like, where are we in this journey at the moment? Because I know you mentioned your, your son plays or is gaming in certain virtual environments. So... Talk to me about that. Like, what is he playing? Who are the players? And yeah, so I mean, like the big, the, the big game. Like, so that's the thing, right? This whole metaverse thing. It's not like, it's not like Facebook have sewn it up. They're, they've they're going to win the race. Um, it's very early days, and everyone's involved. Everyone's running this race. All the big tech firms and all the big gaming giants. So the big gaming names like Fortnite, Minecraft, Roblox. All these, these, these are the kind of big three who are definitely investing heavily in taking their product, which is a game, and making that gaming experience, you know, ever more, you know, VR and ever more AR. Um, so you got, uh, you know, like um, Microsoft, um, they're developing um, what they call an enterprise metaverse. Uh, you've got Apple, they're launching, because Facebook are going to launch some smart glasses, where you can record video and whatever. Um, and actually, interestingly, from a branding point of view, because, and just to show how quickly it's turned around for Facebook, uh, last year, Facebook started to add um, to other products like Instagram, like WhatsApp. They started to add the Facebook brand. It was like WhatsApp by Facebook. It was Instagram by Facebook, right? That, that was 2020. Their strategy was, right, let's really start to apply the Facebook branding to our other big products. Here we are now just 12 months later, and they are pulling that strategy back rapidly to the point where this, their, their, their glasses, is, um, in, it's in tandem with Ray-Ban, right? They're, they're in cahoots with Ray-Ban to produce these glasses. Facebook is not branded on these glasses at all. It's just Ray-Ban. 
and they're going to be pulling back their buy Facebook strategy entirely. And now it's about meta instead. Um, but yeah, yeah look. That, that also Sorry, plays on. into an interesting thing about then, <clears throat> obviously the perception now, given all the things that have been happening of the Facebook brand and what it's synonymous with. What about employees of the firm? <laughs> Do they not feel the same as the users? It's like, you don't want to be wearing these glasses that obviously you know, are, are not doing you know, considerate of well-being of young children. You're like, I don't want to be part of that. So how do they going how do they manage that crisis? I mean, they've got an internal and an external fires that they need to put out, surely. Yeah. And this is right. I mean, again, another key part of being able to deliver on these ambitious, bold kind of strategies is making sure you've you're attracting the top talent. Right. You need you need the best kids coming through to be super excited. To, to be working for your firm. And I think right now at the moment, the idea of grads coming out and, you know, Silicon Valley and joining Facebook, I think that's the last place they would want to go. Even though the salaries are crazy, like for a starting position at these big tech firms now, you know, you're looking like, I think it's $180,000 per year as a grad. But I think you know, because of that and these, and because they're in such high demand, right? And there's a labor shortage across the, all sectors, really, but, but certainly in that sector as well. And they can choose, they can pick. And if they've got choice, they're not going to choose Facebook. Hmm. They don't want to work there. So again, it's a massive problem, medium to long-term, really big problem. And another key reason for this rebranding and resetting it's also about trying to attract those top talents so they can deliver on this metaverse strategy. Yeah, and then just going back to the kind of pricing in aspect, the one thing that I was thinking about that really blows my mind is that when you're kind of mapping out a virtual environment, there is no limitation to that universe. And so therefore, at the moment where in history and traditional media space, you advertise in a newspaper or on a poster on like when you're on the highway or you're on the underground traveling. Now you're talking about the opportunity to advertise everywhere that would be uniquely present, uh, presented to someone in their own way, almost at their own time, dependent on their data metrics, things like that. Obviously this, as I talk it through, it makes me think, the privacy thing is going to go crazy in terms of the potential risks and, and, and a lot of that stuff, I think they'll find hard to control. But then the idea as well about how this ties into some of these other themes like NFTs, for example. Um, and, yep. you know, you, you mentioned like, say you have an avatar of yourself and purchasing. I mean, it sounds, if you have this conversation, let's say with someone over the age of perhaps 55 and you said, yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna purchase some, I'm gonna purchase a jumper for a hundred pounds. And it's for a virtual me that yeah. doesn't actually exist, but that's me. And I go around in my computer and I talk to other people. I think they'd be flabbergasted at that as an hour. I, I would lower that 55. Mm. I'd lower that to like anybody over 40. If you start to talk to them about this concept. Okay, what? What? Don't be stupid. This is ridiculous. But 
think about it, you know, it's the same concept as wanting to buy, you know, spend money on clothing to make you look good in the real world. If you're going to, it's where you spend time and where you hang out with your friends, right? And at the moment, for everyone over 40, it's like, well, I spend time in the real world and I hang out with my friends physically present. And so I want to look good. So I'll buy a cool jacket. I might spend 100 pounds, 200 pounds, whatever, right? But it's exactly the same concept for the virtual world. If that's where you're spending time and hanging out, Mm. and, you know, my son plays whatever, um, Minecraft online, and he hangs out with his friends online. But at the moment, they've just got a a headset, not not a kind of Oculus, I mean audio. They talk to each other. They use Discord to Mm. talk to each other. And then they're playing together in the game, right? And, and so they spend time with each other socially in a virtual world. And that's only going to ever get better. I mean, there is a huge challenge, by the way, to, to actually make this a reality. Where this whole metaverse is not coming tomorrow. To give you one idea, in terms of the computing platforms that are going to be required to have. Like, let's say you wanted to go to a concert, all right? I know you like, what was it? John Bon Jovi is your, is your favorite. Um, let's say you went to a Bon Jovi concert, right? Virtually. And let's just say there's a thousand other avatars there. Then to, to kind of make that experience realistic, we're nowhere near in terms of the computing ability. To make that happen, you'd need, you'd need um, bi- billions of operations per second, and the processing power required for that. At the moment, these games and these virtual realities use about 10,000 operations per second. So the order of magnitude we need to go higher is huge. And fine, we're going to get there, but it's not coming tomorrow or next year or the year after maybe. But So we're a long way off it in terms of having a really realistic experience. And then think about it, you know, at the moment, we kind of share our experience online by going to a chat room and going, oh, my God, this is amazing, you know, chatting and typing, right? But if you could actually, you know, really have that shared experience, but, but actually together in inverted commas, then, you know, obviously it's, it's going to, to, to elevate that experience and it's going to happen. And so, yeah, you're going to, if you're going to spend time with your friends, you want to look good. So you're going to spend money on looking good. It's just, is that a physical piece of clothing or a digital piece of clothing does it matter yeah i was just having a look because i know your favorite boy band k-pop band uh super <laughs> m <laughs> the, the south korean giant they're the koreans yeah yeah <laughs> um they they gave a an online show and it had like ar and integration things like that and they they streamed it to 109 countries all at the same time so when you start talking about the numbers for the yeah. that it opens up as potential revenue, it's just insane. <laughs> yeah. When you've got that type of reach, because now you know, no longer is there constraints of a physical Wembley Stadium. It's like, you know, Ed Sheeran's giving his new concert album tour online, and it's just a yeah. mega event. And you lower ticket prices, so it becomes more attainable and accessible. People are there in the moment, best seat in the house. <laughs> we'll, we'll be t- remember we used to have stats. We used to look at stats that kind of tracked this evolution. And we used to think about, well, we still do, but we look about online retailing revenue versus in-store retailing revenue. Mm. 
You know what the next metric's going to be? It's going to yeah. be physical retail revenue and digital retail revenue. And there will be a time that the digital clothing retail revenue will surpass yeah. physical clothing retail revenue. I don't know. I don't know when that will be, right? But it's 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 just a whole new, a whole well, it's a whole new world. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, in it, as much as you have these kind of high street retailers, and there'll be avatars all purchasing the same product. There's obviously this growing area as well, is that people want unique digital products such yeah. as an NFT. And in that sense, as an example, let's say, you know, if you're a sneaker freak. And you're like waiting for the new drop of the color of the Michael Jordan original, you know, rerun of Jordan ones in like a navy blue with the black trim or something. Actually, instead of saying we're going to do a run of a thousand, and these go for silly money in you know fifty thousand a pop or something, yeah. now there's going to be one, and it's not even real; it's digital. And then this is when then the underlying ethereum network comes in with its blockchain to provide provenance that this actually is the authenticated original digital piece and then that will go for mega bucks but then the peers current avatar is now rocking the jordan ones that's right baby (laughs) and so you know it's it's interesting how all of these things connect to one another and how uh, you're right. You know, I talk to obviously given our Amplify Me presence, we you know we deal specifically with a demographic of 16 to kind of 24, if you like. And the conversation isn't just about metaverse, it's about crypto, yeah, it's about NFTs. All of that though forms in itself a pretty neat ecosystem that are all intertwined in in some shape or form. So yeah, super interesting at the moment. Um, all right. Well, look, let's let's move off that, and we can keep it a little bit more brief on on the next two areas. Yep. Certainly, the Facebook one is an interesting one. But let's move on to Elon Musk. As I mentioned at the at the start, his his personal wealth now is approaching three hundred billion. Um, to, to to make that uh, have a bit of sense, two thirds of his package, uh, how he gets remunerated, is tied to directly to the shares and options in in Tesla. Um, so given the fact that their share price, it's just a touch off the highs. It almost traded at 1100 um, bucks this week. It's up 20% on the week. Now, the catalyst for that was an order from, from the graveyard, which was <laughs> Hertz, Hertz Global Holdings. So the hire car company that you thought were dead. Well, they were a few months ago. Apparently, they're not. They've ordered 100,000 Teslas to be delivered over the next 14 months that would represent $4.2 billion of revenue for Tesla. And hence the reason why they've just popped through the roof. So yeah, I know there's some more stats you want to throw out there, um, Piers, but I know, well, yeah, yeah I'll put, I put my hands up. I, you know, I had my pop shot in your absence. I felt, I felt uh, duty calls. I better, I better play down Tesla and it's gone up 20%. Yeah, the Anthony Chung, the ultimate reverse indicator. That's it. 
Yep. You know, rubbish <laughs> Tesla and a 20% pop to the upside. So, look, Anthony, as you know, leave the trading to me. Okay. <laughs> just, just report on the news. It's all about the right. timing. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, well, I don't know where to start, to be honest. I'm Tesla's, um, I know Eddie's a, a big Tesla fan. And um, I, I'm, I'm, Unfortunately, I'm going to say it, I'm in the kind of Tesla bubble camp where I do think this is a bubble. We'll talk about valuation in a minute. But look, all right, big order from Hertz. Fine. Four billion, right? Um, the thing about Tesla and why its share price is so high is because it's all about growth. And we were talking about this just a minute ago. It's pricing in the future. Okay, and when the super excited Tesla fans think about the future, well, they get all a bit giddy and um, they just think, oh, my God, Tesla are going to sell electric cars to every person on the planet. Um, Right. Let's price that in. Um, So they're, they're pricing in this future. And it's about, well, will Tesla be able to deliver on that future? Just to give you some hard numbers as a, as a reality check, and just to show you just how far they are away from this future in terms of their, if their price is justified today. Look, so 26 billion, right? That's, that's their revenue, 26 billion, okay? Do you know what the revenue of, so, and, and their current valuation means that Tesla are worth more than the next 10 biggest automotive companies so tesla on their own their market cap is larger than the next 10 put together let me just show you some of those 10 you might have heard of them uh volkswagen toyota renault right they're the big three do you know what their revenue is they all make more than 250 billion so they actually make 10 times the revenue um that that tesla does in terms of vehicle production so tesla may and and this is one of the things that the tesla fans have been shouting about it's amazing tesla this year are are on track to make six hundred and twenty-seven thousand cars and everyone's going oh my god it's amazing and they're opening a new plant in germany they're opening a new plant in austin oh my god this thing's going through the roof six hundred and twenty-seven thousand cars do you, know what, do you want to know how many units those big three make? They all make more than 10 million cars per year. Now, I think that a lot of the valuation in Tesla is about that they're, they're the first mover. They're the, they're, the, they're the electric car go-to. And I think the Tesla fans just don't quite understand that it doesn't mean that other car manufacturers can't make electric vehicles. And, and of course, they are all now very rapidly trying to make up for lost time. And don't get me wrong, Tesla were the pioneers, the innovators, the early movers for sure. But they don't have a big enough platform, in my opinion, to in the end deliver on their current valuation. They don't have a big enough platform and they're not going to be fast enough to market. Here's another stat. General Motors, well, Tesla in the US have 130 physical stores. You said on a podcast, I think, a month or so back, that when you're buying a car, you want to go and drive it. 
right? You actually want to go and look look at it, sit in it, and who knows, with the metaverse, maybe things will change. <laughs> but for now, you want to go and sit in it. I want to drive it, right? So, right, I need to go to a Tesla showroom. There's only 130 in the US. That's one thirtieth of the number of showrooms that likes of General Motors have. So from a platform point of view, I think what's going to happen is these mega automotive giants are going to carry on throwing billions and billions at developing their own electric vehicles, which of course they are. And you could easily argue that Tesla don't have the best electrical vehicle on the, on the market. In fact, they don't. Hmm. Um, so they're, they're already, they've already caught up in one respect. So, you know, I just think that we're in a Tesla bubble. Now, the thing and the dangerous thing about a bubble is when does it burst? And it definitely hasn't burst yet. Obviously, it's just inflated to a new all-time high. Um, but to bring it again to reality, their price-to-earnings ratio, so people have been talking about valuations. Do you, do you know what the Tesla price P ratio is right now? Over 300. 332 times. Now, I don't know if maybe we should just break this down. What, what's the context for, for everyone so we know just how ridiculous that number is? Yeah, so a price-to-earnings ratio, as I'm sure most listeners will know, is a very common, maybe the most common kind of multiple we use to value a company, let's say. Um, but a price-to-earnings ratio, so there's two things in that, price and earnings. Well, price, well, that's the market cap. Okay, and that's based on the shares, the share price multiplied by the shares in issuance. Okay, so that's the value of your business at any moment in time. If you're a publicly listed company, the value of your business can be measured to the second just by looking at the share price right now and multiplying it by the shares in issuance. Okay, so the market cap, that's the value. And then the earnings, well, that's the profit that the company makes. And the multiple PE ratio is looking at, well, what's the value divided by the profit? And Tesla are at 332 times, meaning their value, according to their share price, is 332 times greater than their annual profit. That means that if you bought the company entirely now, and let's say there was no growth, which is obviously a ridiculous concept, but just let's make this simple. If there was no growth, it would take you 332 years for you to get your money back. So how does that stack up against other companies? So the S&P 500, so that's the 500 biggest companies in the United States, has an average P ratio of 27. So Tesla's at 332, the S&P's at 27. Looking at other automotives, and this is an unfair example, because Tesla is a massive growth stock and automotive giants are not growth stocks, but I'm going to make the comparison. Anyway, uh, Volkswagen trades at five times. So their PE ratio is five. Um, so look, it's a very high share price. And when does the bubble end? I don't know. It'll probably go further. And this is the thing about bubbles. They're irrational. And if you start trying to, rationalize something that's irrational then it's going to get expensive you know all this talk of bubbles and i agree with everything you're saying those who listened to last week's episode will know but it seems to me then that if i was elon musk 
you know, he's an intelligent guy. He's fully aware of what you've described. I would be getting out of there or engineering my exit fairly soon. He's obviously got all these other things that he's doing, SpaceX and so on. And there's a lot of ego flying around with Bezos and so on, pushing in that space, which I'm sure he doesn't like. Um, seems like a good time to get out. And then if it tanks and the bubble bursts, well, nothing to do with me. <laughs> Not under my leadership. So, yeah. Yeah, but there's, there is a problem with that. How the hell do you get out? How does Musk exit? Mm. I mean, he's done it. In, by the way, the one interesting thing about the, the earnings call. So when these US companies report their earnings, all right, fine, there's a, there's a set of numbers that's delivered, right? But they also have these earnings calls and it's where there's a conference call mm. and all investors can join and, and the company talks to the investors and reviews the year and looks at the year ahead, right? And for the first time ever, the first ever Tesla call, Musk was not on it, leading it. And it was his CFO that was leading it. So and we've been talking about how Tus, uh, Musk is a maverick entrepreneur and he can take a company to a certain point and I think he's reached it and it's now time to just kind of step back, let now someone else who can run a giant global organization come in and be the Tim Cook. You know, who can be the Tim Cook to take this company to the, you know, on its next kind of chapter. So Musk, I think, is stepping down. But it, right, is he, what do you say he's worth? 300 billion. Coming but up to, yeah. He can't get out. How does he exit? Well, this is the thing. I mean, you definitely cannot look at precedence of how does an influential figure like that has exited before because he's Elon Musk. He will tweet and say, I've resigned. Yeah, but and I the mean, the share price will get absolutely. I mean, hammered. exit, I mean, from his wealth point of view. So he's, he's worth 300 billion, right? On he paper, he because he owns a certain amount of stock. And right. so, the he, share so he sacrifices, sacrifice 200 billion. Yeah, but you know what happens when, well, yeah, well, so that's the point, right? He's going to have to, if he sold all his stock today, then for many, for a few different reasons, the share price would tank, I don't know how far, but yep. 50%, 70% down, I don't know, just because we talked about liquidity and when you get such volume on the sell side of the book, and there aren't enough buyers, then price starts collapsing. And then you hear, oh, my God, it's Musk himself who's selling. Oh, my God, well, this is it then. It is a bubble. And by the way, it's just burst. So he can't get out without bursting his own bubble. So he might be worth $300 billion, but he's not really. <laughs> On that note, you mentioned Tim Cook. And let's have a quick run through some of these other earnings. And I'll keep this brief. So just jump in where you see fit, Piers, to, to pass comment. So Apple had their earnings um, actually last night. They were down aftermarket about 3.5%. Um, actually, inline EPS, but they missed on revenues. Their iPhone revenue is below expectations. And the CEO, Cook, said supply chain constraints hurt their sales by $6 billion US dollars, which was a larger amount than expected. Um, Amazon down 4% last night. Big miss, EPS. Uh, revenues were lower than expected. The outlook probably was most interesting. Um, they see Q4 net sales at 130 to $140 billion range. You heard me right. That's a, that's a quarterly revenue figure <laughs> of 130 to 140 billion. The only thing is, is the street was looking for 141 and a half billion. 
So that's actually a disappointing uh, yeah. number it's, if you. This can is their it. big quarter, right? Quarter four, mm. as in as in calendar year quarter four, Thanksgiving, Christmas. You know, this is this is where it's at for Amazon. Yeah. So an interesting thing I read about Amazon was that um, they're contending with a lot of increases in cost for their fulfillment networks, particularly over the seasonal period. Obviously, demand going into Christmas, so they have temporary hiring. But also retaining employees is challenging in this current environment as this labor market gets you know, back on its feet post the pandemic. So to give that some numbers, their intention as they've announced earlier this month is to add 150,000 seasonal employees, they call them, which is actually 50,000 more than what was required last year. Um, and they're having to pay workers more on an hourly basis than they've ever done. And they're even throwing in certain areas, given you know, the US is quite fragmented on a state level and, and you know, this tightness of the labor market, a $3,000 sign-on bonus just to get them over the line. You talked about McDonald's, 50 bucks yeah. come for an interview. How about 3,000 just to start working in a that, fulfillment center? And that's just a seat and that's for a seasonal like a, a seasonal job. temporary worker, which I used to do when I was a, a uni student. I used to go and work in B&Q, stacking stuff, then to Tesco, then to wherever to make so ends talk meet. Talk to me about what, what are these jobs? So what are these jobs at a fulfillment center? What exactly are we yeah, talking? Good, good question. Um, because my understanding was they were robots anyway. Well, yeah, that's, that, I was, that's where I was kind of going. So maybe you're an engineer controlling, making sure, fixing yeah. the robots. Um, so it's, and not, it's not someone them. picking up boxes off a shelf. And I would have thought there's still a degree of that. There's probably still, um, in terms of distribution, because obviously a lot of physical products still, there isn't a drone, Amazon drone delivering these presents at this point. Not and yet. So from the, not yet from the exiting of the warehouse, there's still that transition loading up the trucks, which has a physical driver and checking. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm sure there is still a high degree of that. Um, but that was the Amazon story. So down a little bit after market. Definitely when we talk about winners and losers out of these big mega cap tech stocks. So Apple and Amazon weren't great. Microsoft and Alphabet is almost the opposite. And that definitely has been a year to date narrative where those two companies have certainly outperformed. In context, Amazon's pretty flat year to date, despite the phenomenal success on the onset of the pandemic in March of 2020 and that period. They're now pretty flat, whereas Microsoft continue to just chug away at the upside. I mean, they're up in excess of 50% year to date. Their earnings far exceeded expectations, adjusted EPS, revenues, um, revenue in their intelligent cloud unit that was up above expectations. That's Azure, where it's trying to compete with AWS and the others. Um, well, could, could, go on, carry on. I was yeah, going product, Productivity division. What that basically means is office, because office has been monetized in a subscription format and yeah. stuff like that these days. And yeah. then there's personal computing and Xbox, Xbox, Surface, absolutely. Windows. All of that beat expectations. Um, Can I pick you up on the whole Azure thing? Because, and I, and I, this surprised me about all these numbers. Mm. You know, and you put it there, you just said that Microsoft are trying to compete with AWS. And we always think AWS are like this 
I mean, they've they've got the lion's share of the global market, right? And everyone's trying to compete. Yeah. What really interested me this quarter, Microsoft, their intelligent cloud division made more revenue than AWS. So Microsoft, seventeen billion, and AWS, sixteen point one billion. So actually, Microsoft are ahead. They're not trying to compete, trying to catch yeah, yeah. up. They're actually already ahead. I've fallen into the trap like every other right. Joe. Which well, I is... think most people think that, but actually, and this is why Microsoft, they just chug along under the surface, under the radar. Hmm. And it's amazing. Yeah. It's an interesting one. Um, I think that does come up on some of the kind of most vo- highest volume top 50 for the kind of millennial investor. But I mean, that's always been a mainstay of what was tech back in the 90s. Yeah, right. For, for, for the rest of us old ghosts. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then there was Facebook, of course, with their earnings, which actually were not that interesting on the quarter. Um, they did announce just a small $50 billion boost in their share, share buyback authorization. Um, and their outlook for Q4 was worse than expected. Again, reference to the significant uncertainties in the light of the iOS, Apple privacy changes and the impact that can have on their advertising. But that fits into, as we discussed, the narrative on the push to disassociate that and move out into this metaverse direction. So yeah, that, that is it. So I look to wrap it up there. Um, again, the review and ratings on Apple peers. Oh uh, yeah, where are we, we on that? We were on something like 61, 62, when you and I were last on uh, to give the call to arms to bump that to our mission to 100 by year end. We're yeah. currently at 84. Okay. So we're getting there. Uh, but with your help, and yes, I'm talking specifically to, to you, not you, Piers, the person listening. Jump on that uh, on Apple. If you could hit the rate and review uh, just leave a few comments. That'd be amazing. It just helps get this out to as many people as possible. Uh, and hopefully everyone gets value out of this. And certainly at this time of year when people are doing interviews and feeling stressed, trying to try keep on top of their studies, but also keep on top of markets. Hopefully all this stuff is, is useful. Um, and you can check out more on amplifyme.com. But with that, Piers, thanks very much. And enjoy your weekend. I'll catch you Monday. And you. Cheers, up. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.